Welcome to the Blockbusters and Birdwalks podcast. I am the curator, Garrett Chaffin Kirai. Right now, you have the urge to eat something. From February 1st to March the 2nd, 2003, filmmaker Morgan Spurlock engaged in an experiment. The rules of the experiment began with, Spurlock must eat three McDonald's meals every day. He must consume every item on the McDonald's menu at some point in the 30-day experiment. He must only ingest food offered on the McDonald's menu. This can include bottled water, but all outside food is prohibited from the experiment. He must supersize a meal if offered by a clerk at the counter, and he must only walk the same amount as a typical American would, which is around 5,000 steps per day. Overall, Morgan Spurlock gained weight. His caloric intake nearly doubled, his liver went all to fat, and he documented the experience with a mix of live-action testimonials from himself, voiceover with animation, ambush interviews, man-on-the-street interviews, and the like, creating an overall portrait of what it is to be part of the fast food nation. An aside, I watched Super Size Me soon after becoming a father. And the consequence of that realization is reflecting on the way that I was raised to enjoy fast food as a special night out. It was about once a week we would have Burger King or McDonald's or Carl's Jr. was a family favorite. So when I heard about the fact there was this strange guy, Morgan Spurlock, making this strange documentary about his fast food consumption, I thought, I'm in and I'm curious. I've seen Super Size Me now a minimum of four times, and each time I see it, I'm spooked by the children chanting their song. McDonald's, McDonald's, Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Pizza Hut. I like food, I like food, Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Pizza Hut. You like food, you like food, Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Pizza Hut. I'm also not able to look away when Morgan gets sick. It's like a workout. See, now's the time of the meal when you start getting the mixed stomach ache. Just give me a minute. Let's make me puke. (laughs) Throughout the movie, I'm struck by the insertions of artwork that Spurlock includes from the artist Ron English, who has this really thoughtful thing to say about America today. America's been McDonaldized, you know, it's been uh, uh, franchised out. It's, it's like one of those old uh, Flintstones cartoons where they just had something rolling around in the background, you kept seeing the same buildings go by. It's like Kmart, Walmart, McDonald's, Kmart, Walmart, Wendy's, Kmart, and it's just like you have no sense of where you're at anymore. Um, the way I look at it is like um, Cezanne was uh, inspired by the mountain he saw at his window, and when I look out my window, I see no mountains. I just see billboards and uh, advertisements. So, so I use that as my inspiration.
I know that when this movie became Academy Award nominated and began its presentation in the theatrical marketplace, its sell through to home video allowed it to become part of the curriculum for how we teach nutrition and the importance of exercise to grade school kids and high school kids, which is one way I met a lot of young people who had been exposed to this movie by the time I was showing it to them in movie classes. Companies spend billions making sure you know their product. In 2001, on direct media advertising, that's radio, television, and print, McDonald's spent $1.4 billion worldwide. On direct media advertising, Pepsi spent more than a billion dollars. To advertise its candy, Hershey Foods spent under a mere $200 million internationally. In its peak year, the five-a-day fruit and vegetable campaign's total advertising budget in all media was a lowly $2 million, 100 times less than just the direct media budget of one candy company. As the documentary unravels, and as we watch Spurlock enjoy his food and alternately find it despicable and then come back to it and warm up to his new diet filled with salts and sugars, we also periodically dip into conversations he has with his primary care physician and several specialists who help him unpack and interpret the way that his body feels different now that he's undergoing this wide experiment. Perhaps the most notable of these expert testimonials is offered by his GP who warns him to quit what he's doing. If somebody were doing this to their liver with alcohol, they could theoretically wipe out the liver, you know, wipe out all the liver cells and, 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 and they'd be in liver failure. You're sick and you're making yourself sick and, and you can make yourself unsick by stopping doing what you're doing. Here I must confess that I am a child in some ways raised on the important pleasure of eating fast food. For me, the ritual is to line up my french fries, largest to smallest, and consume them in reverse-size order. I like food, like fried and a pizza hut. I also felt I had created an original experiment, placing my french fries on the open face of my burger patty, lathering it with ketchup, folding the top of the bun, and then eating it as if nobody ever before in human creation had created a burger with fries combo in the same sandwich. I I enjoy Coca-Cola. I prefer it to Pepsi. And all of this is to say that I'm very aware of the way thematic songs have worked on my psyche through the years to teach me and instruct me on what it is I should eat. Hamburger, filet of fish cheeseburger, french fries, icy Coke, thick shake, sundaes, and apple pie. That's the one that sticks to this guy. But the movie encourages us to realize that this guy, Garrett, is not alone. A great many people around us have also been influenced by the marketing techniques of the fast food nation. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. One nation. <laughs> and to the Republic. Oh, no. Which is I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, and justice for all. <laughs> Liberty. Liberty. Where's the liberty? The liberty. I'm so sorry. Liberty. You want us to keep walking? What's the Big Mac slogan? You know, two all beef uh, patties. Special oh, yeah. sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Yeah, you know that. You know that. That is a shame. That is a shame.
because Spurlock is good at his job, both championing a point of view, we should eat less fast food, exercise more, look for clean outcomes, and drink more water, he's also thoughtful about trying to bookend this documentary structure, and so he concludes the piece. Over the course of my McDiet, I consumed 30 pounds of sugar from their food. That's a pound a day. On top of that, I also took in 12 pounds of fat. Now I know what you're saying. You're saying nobody's supposed to eat this food three times a day. No wonder all this stuff happened to you. But the scary part is, there are people who eat this food regularly. Some people even eat it every day. So while my experiment may have been a little extreme, it's not that crazy. But here is a crazy idea. Why not do away with your supersize options? Who needs 42 ounces of Coke? A half pound of fries. And why not give me a choice besides French fries or French fries? That would be a great start. But why should these companies want to change? Their loyalty isn't to you, it's to the stockholders. The bottom line, they're a business, no matter what they say. And by selling you unhealthy food, they make millions. And no company wants to stop doing that. If this ever-growing paradigm is going to shift, it's up to you. But if you decide to keep living this way, go ahead. Over time, you may find yourself getting as sick as I did. And you may wind up here. Hospital. Or here. The cemetery. I guess the big question is, who do you want to see go first? You or them? For myself, I continue to enjoy fast foods, but here's the thing. I've become wealthy enough to make choices about where and when I spend my money, and I generally avoid those childhood haunts of McDonald's, Burger King, Carl's Jr., and in a fast-moving world like the one in which we live, convenient food often is the most important thing we choose when we're out to eat and cannot bring food from home. You like food! You like food! It's like a chicken and a pizza! It's my belief that, in general, most folks don't think a lot about what's on their plate and what goes into their mouth so long as their belly feels full and that it's tasty. I've grown old enough to realize that those indicators are not always the best indicators for what it is I place on my plate and therefore in my mouth to fuel my body, but there it is. Is food fuel? Is food art? Is food communion? Or is it all of these things, and can we make better choices? In the years since Super Size Me has landed on the public, there has been a veritable overstock of TV shows and related documentaries and even occasional nods in fiction movies to the way that we concern ourselves with a fast food nation, including the book Fast Food Nation, which was eventually turned into a movie. The point here is realizing that there is a whole scope of programming on your cable dial devoted to people with unusual bodies, some of those bodies fueled by the foods that they consume and the lack of exercise that they will not perform, leading to health crises of one sort or another. I'm a sucker for these sorts of shows and enjoy watching them as much to reflect on the way that I've made different choices about loading my plate, fueling my body, and so on, but also to realize that as a boy, one of my favorite things to do was to go out for a burger and fries at McDonald's or Burger King or Carl's Jr. because that plate of food struck me as living the dream and it also meant my family could afford to eat out. Supersize me. That's a pretty good idea. Wait, the sign. 
The site said free refills. Thank you for listening to the Blockbusters and Birdwalks podcast. My name is Garrett Chaffin-Kirai. Boop-boopity-doo!